<laughs> that's my that's the best I could do with the siren there. And I give you the siren because it's a red alert. It's a super hot episode of the podcast. And it's different. It's a new and special episode. I'm really excited to share with you here on the show, the Chase Jarvis Live Show on Creative Live. Pumped to be in your ears again today. And the show is special, and here's how it's special. Well, first of all, the internet can be a mixed bag, right? I mean, it's sometimes it's an amazing wealth of information, and sometimes it's a hard place to find acceptance, to find connection, or to ask important questions and get meaningful answers. It's been hugely beneficial to me to try and pry into that and, and use the internet for all of its awesomeness. And occasionally you can find these pockets, like, you know, pockets of where people are helping one another like Creative Live, or there are plenty of other examples of communities on the internet. However, it's really, really cool to get together in person. And that's what this episode is about. This episode is about a safe place where you can ask those questions that you're sort of afraid to ask in the big wide world web forum, right? You want a safe place where there's maybe a small group of people gathering. And in this episode, that's exactly what happened. We had a group of folks come in from around the world for a special week of programming at Creative Live. And I surprised them with with basically a 30-minute Q&A. I gave a little talk, a little welcome speech, and then we created the safe space for people to ask questions about things that they did not know about. And I just, you know, this is an unpublished. It was really never intended to be published. It was only sort of in hindsight, we were going to share it internally, but in hindsight, we said, you know what, this needs to get out. It was previously unbroadcasted, just a super intimate conversation with a group of fellow creators that I wanted to make more publicly available to you, the podcast listeners here. And, you know, you've heard me talk about the other 50%, which just to recap, 50% of your time and energy and the success that you see with any creator out there is certainly doing the work and sort of promoting it. But there's this other 50% that is the unseen 50%, largely unseen, where you're building community. And that is in the spirit that I share this particular piece. It's in the spirit that these folks traveled from around the world to sit in the Creative Life Studios in Seattle. Again, that's what this is all about. It's gritty. It's punchy. It's real. You hear real people asking questions that they're afraid to ask in other places. A couple things that we cover are how to refine the thing that you love. You know you're in an area of thing like you want to you know be an online marketer or you want to be a designer or you want to and you, you know those are sort of big fields and you need to find a way to pick out your niche in that field um, and a woman shared her fears about you know not knowing how to choose and choosing the wrong thing and just through a couple of questions we could actually get to some meat there's meat on that bone and I think that's that's valuable that's an example of a, of a little conversation we had with these I don't know it's about like 30 people who'd come in from around the world. We also covered, uh, there's a gentleman who um, was addicted to opioids and how he shared a story with how, how creativity and community helped him overcome his addiction and put him on a path to a bright future. And so if you're uh, struggling right now or you're maybe in a, you know having some troubles uh, in a dark place, uh, I hope that this particular story from a gentleman uh, gives you some some lift um, and how the creativity, the creative community and community in large can help you. I share what gets me up in the morning, um, what motivates me and why. Um, and we talk about <laughs> what to do if the thing that you love deeply does not make money, how to pursue that. And these are just all things that I find, you know, again, there's a handful of questions that I get regardless of what country on the planet I'm in or in front of what audience. And there's a lot of short form answers out there in the world, like just a little a, a little one liner here and there. In this episode, we get to go a little bit deeper. So I know that if you stay tuned, you're going to get some value. Uh, there's also stuff on imposter syndrome, creating community, who not to hang out with. And if you're the average of the five friends that you spend the most time with, how to choose those friends wisely. So buckle up. I know you're going to enjoy this. Again, never before heard. It's not like a, a, a show that you're going to hear or see on YouTube anywhere. This is the only place it's going to appear. So enjoy. Let me know what you think in uh, any of the channels that you can find me on the internet. I can't wait. So buckle up and enjoy the show. But before we do, just a super quick word from Creative Live. This episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform 
for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on air streaming for free, anything you already own. And on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. People have questions that they're afraid to talk about. So at Creative Live, the way I've solved for questions that people are afraid to ask is, is, as um, the founder and CEO of the company, is I create a lot of windows, a lot of spaces where it's safe and cool to ask questions. Those are in the form of an all-hands meeting that we have every month. They're also in the form of um, what I call office hours, which I do once a month in each location. And they're also basically anybody can put a time on my calendar anytime they want. I have lunch with every single new person who comes in here. So that's why anytime somebody comes into our house and we're talking about photography, I do everything I can to be here to have a conversation with the people that are in our house and try and add value in a way that you, like, who wants, what was there, like, I don't know, at one point there was 12 or 16,000 people watching today. And who wants to stand up in, in a stadium of people and say, like, I really don't understand this whole highlights thing. It's just driving me crazy. That's terrifying, right? You want to stand up in the middle of the, of, um, you know, our baseball stadium here and put your hand up and ask a question that you might be embarrassed to. Um, so I wanted to create a safe space here today where we could ask a few questions that are not about uh, Photoshop and not about uh, Lightroom, but about photography or about your ability to make a living and a life doing what you love. Or of Creative Live or of me personally, that's fine too. But I just find that there's not a lot of safe spaces out there because online, anybody ever heard of the word troll? <laughs> There's a few of them, and in particular, photography sites can be a little bit grumpy. So we like to think of this, this whole building and, and Creative Live as a brand as it was like literally created to solve problems and to help people. Um, and so this is a safe space, and for the next you know, 15 or 20 minutes, before we sort of shift gears and wrap up, I'd like to be able to answer a couple questions. And like now's a time where you're like, God, I was thinking that, and I maybe kind of didn't want to ask it, but it would be a really, it would be a missed opportunity if you had not just this community, but this is where I've made my entire life, my living since it's the only career I've ever had as, as prior to starting Creative Lives as a photographer. So I've seen, seen some stuff now. Um, with that said, like, let's take a handful of questions here. And I prefer long answers. So even if you ask a short question, I'll probably give you more context than you want. But again, I look at that. That's the value of in real life, right? You're not, if you're online, you've got to chat little chat thing and you can ask very simple questions. So feel free to ask more complex questions. And hey there. <laughs> um, feel free to ask some complex questions. And for dear God's sakes, if you need some beers, go get one. Just it's freaking me out how I like the attention. I, I think it's a it's a it's very it's it's very important for us to be able to talk about this stuff. But also like let's have some fun and let's break open a few. What's up man? How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Good. Um, I this is just like let's take an, take advantage of a window where we can have a little conversation. And I don't know everything, but I know enough to be dangerous. Hi. Okay, I've been a school teacher for 27 years. Thank you. Teach PE, but I want, I, I want to retire with my other career of mm -hmm. photography. And I haven't, I don't know how to find my vision yep. not, or to figure out what my genre is going to be. Yeah. I kind of play with everything. Great. But I don't want, I want to be able to tell somebody this is my. 
I'm going to tell you the answer, and you're not going to like it, but it's the real answer, which is, if you don't know, then you haven't taken enough pictures. You really have to take a lot of pictures, and you have to experiment with things that you, there's, there's clearly, there are things that you enjoy taking pictures of more than others. Have you shot a wedding before? Okay. Don't like it. <laughs> right? Like, this is a good thing. Like, if you can say, I took a picture of something and I didn't have fun I doing it. I to shoot a wedding with Doug Gordon after taking a creative life. There you go. One of his other people. Great. So, I decided it wasn't for me. bingo. Here's a little secret I've never shot a wedding. Because I'm, I, I can have a million dollar budget and advertising agencies from top 100 brands in the world, or yeah, advertising agencies and art directors standing behind me. I'm way more comfortable than the mother of the bride. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's insane levels of pressure. Um, but I think that's a good thing. And so what you realized in shooting that, in that, shooting that, that, that wedding is that not really for me. Yeah, we had a bride field us, so it was not fun. Great. And, but, but the thing is, is have you shot race car driving? I have not. Good. Do you need to? Because you might like, I don't like cars. I don't like exhaust. I don't like smog. I don't like... People with tank tops and hats on backwards. I don't like whatever the thing is. Whatever you don't like, it's fine. It's okay to say that. I like travel photography. Great. So you have to go there. this is what I find is we're three questions in here, and what did she say? She started saying like, "What I like is." So it it requires a little bit of introspection, and this is being intentional about saying like, "Hmm, what do I think of that?" And and being honest. And the coolest thing about this is that the answers they're not out here. They're not on F-stoppers, they're not on Creative Live, they're not on you know, resource magazine, they're not anywhere, they're in here. And, you, and this in here is both like areas of passion and, and interest and like areas of just awareness of what you don't love. Like someone who, it's funny, I, this is my favorite thing is to sort of like help coach people in a one-on-one -on -one or one-on-20 setting um, sort of in real time. And, I think it was the last photo week. We had some photo week or Photoshop week, photo week. And someone said, like, oh, I, I want to take pictures of things. Like, okay, what do you like? And in five seconds or five minutes, rather, you can really drill in, like, oh, what you need to be able to say is, like, I want to be a National Geographic photographer who is the expert on Azerbaijan. Because I came from there, I lived there, I know everything there is to know about the culture. And when I see photos in National Geographic from Azerbaijan, they don't resonate with me because the person who was shooting that photo didn't understand the culture, didn't understand dot, 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 dot. And what you've just, dis you've just dissected is, oh my gosh, that is literally a path for me to be the thing that no one else in the world could be. And in a perfect world, you're taking pictures that no one else in the world could take. Think about that for a second. That's why I despise that walk up to the National Geographic, or walk up to the Grand Canyon and take a picture. It's not because it's a photograph of the Grand Canyon. There are photographs of the Grand Canyon that you're like, fuck, that's an amazing picture of the Grand Canyon. And the person who can take that picture, they have a relationship with the Grand Canyon. They've thought about it for a long time because nobody walks up and takes an OF picture of the Grand Canyon without having thought about it, without having lived it, dreamed about it, thought about it with the perfect light and the perfect time and the perfect place and all those things. That's what comes together to make a picture. The same exact thing is true with what you want to do. What do you, what do you care about? There's this great uh, a friend of mine who's also on Creative Live. His name is Chris Gillibo. I don't know if you know Chris. He wrote a great book called Born for This. And it's not the Lady Gaga song. Um, but it, in short, it's an overlapping sort of, it's a Venn diagram of three overlapping circles. One is things that you're good at. One is things that, what he calls flow. That's kind of what you're good at. One thing's the area of your passion. Like, I know that I'm interested in this. I know that I'm good at this. And this is an area where people will pay me if making money is a goal of yours. If not, then ditch that third circle. But if it is, then it's, the overlapping Venn diagram of these things, and in the middle there is something that, wow, this is where I could both you know, be successful, but also tap into that really, really, really important part of you. Because if you do want to make money, then you're in competition, whether you like it or not. Competition is not something to be, to be sort of skirted. You can embrace it. I think it's really helpful and positive. Um, but this is why, again, the answers are in here, not out there. If you can be different, not just better. That's why. Tools don't really matter, because if something's different, then it's about you. 
ultimately. And that's a really, really important thing. And people are like, oh, I'm too modest. I don't want, to, I don't want this to be about me. I want to be a fly on the wall. In a weird way, that's still about you. <laughs> right? I caught you. So to me, you're, as I listen to you, you have more answers in there than you think you do, than you give yourself credit for. Take a long walk on the beach and decipher some of those. And then when you come down to the things that you love, start taking a lot of pictures in those areas, and you're going to be able to refine it through repetition. So to me, that's another really important thing, is that you don't actually find your personal style until you exercise it. Some people, born with it, they just like, this is me, this is who I am, and they can say it from day one. Speaking of Lady Gaga, I don't know if you saw, just a couple years before Lady Gaga was wearing a meat dress, she was dressed just like you or me, sitting at a piano, playing a club in New York City under a different name. She went away and she said, who do I really want to be? Like, what's my inner freak flag and how can I let that fly? That's Lady Gaga. The person before, Stephanie Machirai, I forget her name. Okay? She did this exercise that I'm talking about. So if you've ever wondered, like, is this something that just me has to do? Every single artist throughout time has had to do this. So wonder if you like something, but you know it's not going to bring you any money and you need a little income. Well, you can make a little money doing anything. <laughs> so I, right now I'm documenting our church. I'm an, an Orthodox Christian and our church is having a Serbian artist okay. do icons. And okay. so I've taken almost every single icon picture. Okay. And we're going to put a book together, but I'm not going to get any money. Okay. But... What if I told you that Ansel Adams used to get 25 cents for putting his photographs in menus in Yosemite? Is that some money? I don't know. That's how he started. Most people don't know that. Most people think Ansel Adams, best photographer ever lived, best nature photographer out there. He started making 25 cents. 25 cents by putting his photographs in menus in restaurants in Yosemite and just outside them. So it's four bucks, okay? Four bucks doesn't pay her electrical bill from charging the batteries of her camera. So the point is that everybody starts somewhere. Some money can beget other money. If you need money right away, then you need to go where people are writing checks for things right away and where you don't have to become well-known to be an expert in the thing. And I bet if your church paid you, if you said, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. I'm doing this for free, but I don't need a lot. I need 10 bucks. So then all of a sudden, you're making money doing the thing you love. And it's not a lot of money, but it's 10 bucks. It's 25 cents in Ansel Adams' world. It's also true that Ansel Adams was much better as a pianist than he was as a photographer. So he would get hired to go to parties to play the piano and entertain. And while he was there, what was he doing? selling the shit out of his photographs <laughs> because he was in a, a, a crowd of people who valued his skills as one thing and they're like, oh wait, I can make in a little bit of an extension there. I can see how you could, yeah, cool. So he's like, I'm really a photographer. So the point is, repetition is going to help you find your thing. A little bit of introspection. Books like Chris Gillibo's um, Born for This are all very, very helpful. The reality is you've got to do the work. There's no shortcut to this. And even people like Lady Gaga and Ansel Adams, they were on a journey. Don't think that you can short-circuit that journey. As soon as you start, you've whiffed. You've lost by thinking you can decide overnight. There's nothing more important and harder to get than a personal style. Only comes through work. How do you keep seeing between being an artist and being a business person for your art? There is no sanity in photography. Um, I believe, sure, sure, I, I used to think uh, that those things were at other ends of the spectrum. And I could tell you a long, twisted story about how I basically lost a billion dollars because I, my artistic principles were so high that I didn't want to sell the iPhone application that I created in 2010, 2009 which was the first iPhone app that allowed you to take a picture, add a filter, and share it to social media. Ended up being a pretty big deal, right? <laughs> the whole photo sharing thing. So I had the app of the year in 2009. And at some point, I had to reconcile this concept of an artist with the commerce side of the business. 
I believe it's a false dichotomy. Having come out the other side, I went to, to um, graduate school to study the philosophy of art, specifically the philosophy of photography. Gave me a lot of vocabulary, helped me understand how to explain myself and, and all that was useful. But what it really highlighted was this is a spectrum and you just want to put yourself on that spectrum somewhere. Because if you ever want to make a dollar as a photographer, there's a business component to it. So what I find is that we tell ourselves stories. We tell ourselves stories, and there's a great Tony Robbins way of thinking about it, which is state, story, strategy. First of all, in order to make your best work or do whatever, you need to be in a good state. This idea of a tortured artist, that is a myth. I do not recommend subscribing to it. You die at 28 years old. <laughs> Janice Joplin, George Morrison, uh, Jimi Hendrix, the list is long. So we know that the tortured artist is not, a, a, not an actual career. So what can you do to be in a good state? Part of that's doing what you love. Part of it's taking care of yourself. That's why we treat the whole person here at Creative Live. Like we have classes on meditation. We have classes on, on, um, on health and wellness. And we have classes on art and design. And we have classes on how to make money. And you feed us really well. And we feed you well, right? And it's like, I, I would not be, I would actually be, very happy if some people got up and grabbed some beers and came back and sat down. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, this dude in the baseball hat is like, thank you, dear God, I've been 18 minutes without a beer. Um, anybody else want one while he's over there? Um, so I just, I just want you to realize, except the person who asked the question, you can't get up. Just kidding. I want, I think it's a myth. So like, it, once we can control our state, that allows us to tell ourselves a true story. Because when you're in a shitty state, the last thing you want to hear is a tough, is an easy, is a tough story, right? Like, oh, I'm not successful because I'm too much of an artist and I don't like this commerce stuff. It sounds like a story we tell ourselves. If you can tell yourself a great story, then the strategy of how to make money and how to balance your life as, a, as an artist and as a business person that's actually pretty easy. I can write that out on a piece of paper for you. Shoot things you love, get paid for the things that other people love of where the overlapping Venn diagram is, repeat. It's a pretty simple list, but that's what it is actually when you're doing the thing you love and you've done it in a way that the Chris Gillibo overlapping diagrams, like I don't shoot you know, cricket legs and expect to be paid like a commercial photographer. So make sure your, your expectations. That's just a simple strategy that if you told me what you wanted to do, in 10 minutes I could write down and give you a roadmap on how to get there. Okay, bugs are cool. Bugs don't pay me. But if you're the best, I bet the best, yeah, I bet the best macro photographer in the world makes more than a million dollars a year. Okay, and Bugs is probably part of her specialty. Now, if you want to double down on bugs, and I'm not saying that, I'm, I'm saying that both tongue in cheek and like, it's pretty cool, like I get crazy focused. To me, that's one of the things that this new world of social allows, is if you're trying to be a wedding photographer, no, no, I only shoot weddings of pro wide receivers. <laughs> to me, then you're that person. It's a really easy way to stand out in a very, very narrow field, okay? So double down on the things that you love, but that's a strategy. You need to make sure that you're in a good place where you can tell yourself a story that's real, not some bullshit that is like, oh, it's so hard, woe is me, in order to get here. So let's talk about the stories for a second. We all have them. I've had them. I've learned to listen to those things and then realize that, oh, this is not serving me, so I'm going to stop listening to those. And I've started then focusing on how to take care of myself because then I'm in a great space to find the strategy. So let's get to the strategy piece now. When, if you um, don't like the business side of photography because it doesn't bring you joy, my recommendation is that you need to partner with someone who can help you. Or make the minimum investment that you can to make the minimum amount of money that will make you happy. What I find is that people, like, if I have to make money, then I have to either, I, it's like $10 or $10 million. It's like, no, no. The amount that you have to spend on your website, the amount that you have to market, the amount that you have to, if a good living is 
then do not build yourself a million dollar website that, can, that tags all your images through AI and allow you to upload, like, not necessary, because you don't want to be Getty Images. You want to be you, and I, wanna, I want 10 people to pay me $7,500 per year, and I want to make 75 grand. It's a little bit more complicated than that, because if you want to take home 75 grand, you got to make a little bit more money, but the concept, you understand. What I find is people, they try and build Rome when what they really need is a shack. And a shack, it's a beautiful shack. It's on a river, it's got a nice roof, it's comfortable, it's two rooms, you got a bedroom, you got a front room, it's great. And you only get there by deciding and saying what it is that you're starting, that what you want to do. Most, and that can change. But on day one, you need to be sailing towards the thing that you want to do. Most people say, I want to make money in photography. Good luck. I also want to build a house. How big? How many bedrooms? Where is it located? How tall is it? What color is it? There's 50,000 questions. So the more specific you can get about what you want to do in order to make money, those are all things that will help you get through this. Because right now you're looking at like, I don't like selling myself. I don't like, like trying to figure out how to invoice people. You're just putting up sort of barriers. That's part of the story. So get through that story. Say, what do I actually want? Make a very long list. And then the strategy is going to emerge. You're going to be able to see, like, I don't need a staff of 10 because I don't need to make a million dollars. I need to make 50 grand because I also wait tables on the side. And you put those two incomes together, great. This allows me to have flexibility. This allows me to make some additional money. Those two things together, ah, dream life. We can talk more if you want some specific strategy mapping. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, thank you. You're welcome. I just look at this as an awesome opportunity. I love it. I'm yeah, glad that you do. It's been blessing me. Um, one of the questions I have is you mentioned that you feel that this is the tip of the iceberg. Yes. And I'd like to share just something very personal. Mm -hmm. um, I was on morphine for seven years. And uh, when I was in Photoshop, mm -hmm. I'd miss my pill time. And then when I'd get out of Photoshop, I would say, oh, God, I hurt. Um, so I've been doing some, still some narcotics. Yep. And they've been tapering off ever since I started coming over here on Monday. That means and the world to me. I just feel that um, what you're doing is like medicine. That means the world to me that you would share that. Thank you very much. Can we give that a little that's... shout out there? That's fucking serious. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that a lot. I'm just curious what your vision or what you feel. Sure. That's why I get up in the morning, what you just said. That's why 110 people come to work every day. Because there's a lot of places where these 110 people could work. There's a lot of really smart, very talented, hardworking people. And we're surrounded by Facebook, Amazon, Starbucks. Like We're surrounded by amazing companies. And down in San Francisco, we're surrounded by Apple, Adobe, Nintendo. Like It's just the list is long. But the people that come to work here and why I started the company is because I believe that creativity is the new literacy. And along the lines of my opening point of view that, that um, we're just really starting to dip our toe in the, in, the, in the water as a culture on what this means. And as AI and AR and VR and all, all these technologies and, and like things that computers can do well, that's going to accelerate really dramatically. Processing big pieces of data, segmenting things, but creativity, like AI is a product of creativity. That's creativity with a capital C. It's not creativity in the sense of art and drawing and painting, but creativity with a capital C, that's gonna underpin the solution to every problem we ever know. Like the solution to why there's a billion people who you know, don't have access to clean drinking water, that is gonna be solved. Creativity is a huge piece of that puzzle. The wheel, that's mechanical engineering plus creativity equals the wheel. Like electricity, electrical engineering plus creativity equals a light bulb. So we have a very, very big vision here of what we're doing, what, what, what's the place of creativity is in culture. And the reality, the science is clear that creativity creates creativity. So um, what I mean by that is surgeons, the best surgeons in the world, if you look under the hood a little bit, you find out that they're musicians, they're chefs, there's a very, very strong creative outlet. And that's not to say people who don't have those passions aren't great. 
but the best in the business, they, it's, it's a method of programming your mind. Creativity is a habit, it's not a skill. And so certainly we're teaching people how to make livings and lives in photography and design and, and in music and audio and um, crafting and, and the maker movement. But what underpins all that is that creativity is the most valuable skill that a human can have. And it's a habit, not a skill. And if anyone believes that you don't have it or that you're short on it, it's very easy to ramp that up very quickly. It's innate. If, you, if I stand in front of a third gig classroom and say, who wants to draw me a picture? Guess how many hands go up? Every one of them. I've done it. I've literally done it. Like, who wants to draw me a picture? A whiteboard. And you do that again at sixth grade, and then you do it at eighth grade, and then you do it when they're sophomores, and then by the time they're in college, who wants to draw me a picture? Just a couple people. And those are people for whom they had to put their neck on the line when they were 8, 10, 15, 12. The reality is that there's creativity inside of every person. That underpins sort of the, the vision for creative life. The mission is to be a champion for creators. And the vision is that we want to own creative education because we believe that creativity is the most powerful thing. It's the most powerful um, vehicle that humans were given. It's also what differentiates us from the other species on the planet. So we're sort of building, it's a little bit of a Trojan horse, what's going on here. Yes, we have a nice business. Yes, we empower creatives to live their best lives. If you look over your shoulder here, those, that, that global map, that is people who are tuned in, in real time, right now, to Creative Live, watching one of the five channels. So you can see in the size of the dot corresponds, like Australia is going off right now, the west coast of, east coast of Australia, US is good. And also remember that in like Europe, right now it's nighttime. It's the middle of the night. So to us, that's just getting started. We talk about there being you know, 10 million people in the community, billions of minutes streamed. I think in the future, um, the decentralized learning platform where you get to learn from the world's top experts, where you're, there's a community of tens of millions of people who come together and learn not just from the teachers but from one another, that's a huge part of the future. So that's what we're building. Um, and the fact that all the people who do come to work here and do choose to work here come here, they come here because of mission and vision. And you guys know, know Simon Sinek or have like, heard him talk about like people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. He uses the example of, of, he contrasts, I think, Dell with Apple. Did you guys know that if you show someone the Apple logo before they take a creativity test, they score higher? Crazy. Right? So what about the creative life though? Oh, yeah, that's, that's the highest. <laughs> but just, just but, uh, like, so that says a couple things. It talks about how programmable we are as people. That talks about the stories that we tell ourselves, how important that is. Um, but it also, like, I forget where I was going with that one. Um, people buy why you do it. Oh, people buy why you do it. So Apple's why is we reject the status quo. In everything we do, we seek to transform it in a way that makes for the best possible human experience. We happen to sell music and devices and computers. If you want to buy one, that's what we do. Dell says, we sell computers. We sell really fast computers. We sell really smart computers. Do you want to buy one? And just the, the small distinction there, and like people buy why you do, not what you do. Like, like to me, that's a very, very important piece of our puzzle. And as the puzzle, I think you, you all should think about that and, and listen to the, this great talk by Simon Sinek. But just like, what's I know what my why is. I know what our why at Creative Live is. I don't know if you know what your why is. That's a really powerful thing. And it goes back to like, why are you doing this? I don't, I, we don't have time to answer that here, but it's a really sort of, it's a really powerful question. So we're just getting started. Okay, time for a couple. Sure. <laughs> I'm not afraid to go on. I just want to speak up for the guy who walks up to the Grand Canyon and yep. a picture of the way. Because there are so many millions of people who do it. Yep. And their intention for the picture is different from the photographer who wants to capture the beauty, right? Mm -hmm. So they just want to put a check mark in there and down there. Mm -hmm. But their intention is as valid as the person who wants to capture a majestic picture for the National Geographic. Mm -hmm. It's just all about the intention and 
Yeah, intention. So um, I'm going to do a little exercise here real quick. So, all right. It just spilled a little bit of drink that was left in my cup. I did it intentionally. So that was a piece of art. Because what I said is I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a piece of performance art. This is what I said in my head before I did it. And I decided to spill this cup in front of all you. That was art because I intended it to be so. If I did this and it spilled, that's not art because there was no intention, right? So what I'm talking about is there are a bunch of people for whom taking a picture, they believe that they're creating art when they're not. And I just want to make you aware that you have the capacity to walk up and take a picture that is different than someone else. I'm not saying you have to. I don't want to be prescriptive what you have to do. You said it yourself. You said intention matters, right? So this, like my little example here of once, I, one is I accidentally spilled my drink and the other was I did a piece of performance art. The difference in the action, nothing. The difference in the intention, everything. So I'm talking about the people who are actually intending to. And if you are intending to, if you're you and you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, that's how I got to that story, you're not going to get there by doing what everybody else does. You're going to get there by going in here. And what, what is the connection that you personally have? I didn't know that you were born on the rim of the Grand Canyon and that your grandfather was a guide there and he died at the bottom with a mule in 1872. You're going to take a different picture if you set, set up with intention. So it's really important to me. I'm glad you made the point. Like, I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to say how you should photograph. I'm trying to say that if you intend to create something special, the path to creating something special is actually deciding what you want to do, being intentional, and actually putting in the work. Because no work, no result. And I'm suggesting that this is sort of like mindless and not work. And if you're OK with that, you want to check a box. That's awesome, too. But to me, that's a little bit, that's like photographing a receipt, right? Did you make art? No, I was, I was documenting my receipt. And in 2007, I was, you know, the concept of the best cameras with you, I was on news channels all over the world saying that the future of photography, this is the best camera is the one that's with you. This is going to be the most valuable, popular camera in the world. And it was controversial as hell. <laughs> I have an app on here called Concur. My assistant, Julie, gets a long list of photographs, of receipts. I do not feel like I'm creating art when I take a picture receipt, but it's very useful. So maybe that photograph of you on the edge of the Grand Canyon is very useful to prove to your wife that you actually went there <laughs> instead of being at Vegas gambling or whatever. So there's utility, and then there's art and creativity. And I'm suggesting that you just be one or the other. And I'm, I, I take those same kind of pictures, but I don't think that I'm creating art when I do it. So I think it's really important that you shared that. I'm 100% in your camp. I just was making a slightly different point. I've got a couple of strange points. I love that you're philosophical, honestly. I eat it up. Cool. My wife was taking a picture of some stuff on our on a dinner table. Yep. Because I decided, because I wanted to take a cool Instagram shot. Mm -hmm. So she was making fun of me. She got a straw, piece of straw or something, and put it on next to it. Look, I'm so artsy. I, whatever. Make a joke. But to the point about you creating this community, to uh, facilitating the artist. I'm an imposter right now. I'm not a photographer, but I love being in this group. I've talked to a lot of people here this week so far. And I, I've talked to them about how I, I want to talk to the photographer really well. As a designer, I find myself in situations where I need to lead a photographer mm -hmm. or communicate with a printer or talk to an illustrator, lots of weird situations. So I love the conversations. I love the points we all make and we commute, commute under the yeah. banner of creativity. Do you, do you have advice for somebody who's creating a community? Yeah. I'm stealing your idea, honestly. Great. <laughs> it's hard to steal someone that gives it, gives it away. I'm stealing it, yeah. and I've been stealing it for a while now. I want to know how to better facilitate an artist, but also be an artist. I'm a designer, I'm an illustrator, too. Sure. Balancing it. She made a great point about like business side. Yep. Trying it's to tough. balance. You said yourself, it's not about one side or the other. So then I visualize it. It's like 
I don't know, it's very fluid. It's like being in three or four different sides of a balance equation. It's, you know, 40 chess. It's not about one or the other. Yep. But uh, can you, can you, how can I better facilitate? Sure, sure. Community. Be a better community person. Sure. Be an artist still. Yep. All right. So first of all, I, I, there's like, I love the question. Also very philosophical. We should have a beer after this. So a couple things. One, when you said you're an imposter, anybody here, anybody else feel like they're an imposter? Okay, we all do. It's, it's actually named, it's called the imposter syndrome. And it's that, that you believe that you're here, that you've sort of talked your way in here or figured it out or, I do that all the time. Okay, I'm- That's how I got here today. Exactly, I'm speaking in front of 10,000 people. I'm like, they had me confused with someone else right before I walk on stage. I'm like, wow or whatever the thing is, I do it all the time, and I don't know anyone else who doesn't occasionally need to check in with that, regardless, you know, the most, some of the most famous people on the planet. Um, so, A, thank you for putting that out there and being vulnerable. We're all with you. We're all imposters. We, what we need to do is get better at, at working through that. And that, fortunately, um, this, is, this is the brain. It's not your brain, okay? This is the brain. This is a two million year old organ that is not meant to keep you happy. It is meant to keep you alive. It used to get scared and have imposter syndrome because it needed to run from tigers. There are no more tigers in popular culture. The tigers are somebody else's Instagram feed or someone else is, um, has a nicer car or a better camera or whatever. These are fake things and why we're at epic, epidemic level of anxiety is because more information is coming at us and what it looks like to our psyche and our two million year old brain is tigers. Why I think state story strategy is so important is because if you can master this thing right here, you can, you can put a name to that thing, you can decide to tell it to go away and these are things that are masterable skills like, again, I referenced Tony earlier, Tony Robbins. I think he, he is world class at that. And if you look at any person at any discipline, the difference between the worst golfer and the PGA and the best and the difference between the worst t uh, tennis player and the pro circuit and the best is here. They, ha they have similar ball striking. They have similar you know, speed and agility. They're all within sort of an incremental difference on all the other things. The difference is up here. So learn to control. I think that's a really admirable thing. That's where I'm focused professionally and personally on is sort of the mental side of creativity and being a leader and, and being an artist. Um, so imposter's real. Don't worry about it. We're all doing it. It'd be fun to put some energy behind it. Thing two is um, you said you know, like that you're, a, you're an artist, you're a creator, you're a designer. Yes, all those things are true. Um, I don't... I think those are fine distinctions. Those are all distinctions. Creativity with a capital C, like I used to be. I got to photography from oil painting. I was impatient, and oil paintings, if you've ever done it, is really slow. <laughs> it's really painfully slow. You gotta wait, and you gotta go to, yeah, days, and you're drawing. And I mean, I could go to my painting studio every day. I'm like, oh, fuck, still wet. Oh, yeah. So then I went to acrylics, because it dries a little faster. And I was like, ah, yeah. And then I went to photography, and I was like, oh, it's done. And that was film. And then I went to digital photography, and I was like, yes. <laughs> so point being that those are all creativity with, a, with small c, whether you're a designer, a painter, a designer. Like, and, and so what I say around here is we're all in this together. It doesn't matter. Um, that's why we try and cover a lot of different topics. So. Um, with respect to where you fit in in community building. I think if you identify as a designer, a creator, a, a photographer, whatever, like being willing to call yourself that thing is a powerful deal. I got a couple of blog posts I've written that are like, having a business card, this was 10 years ago, but having a business license, calling yourself a photographer when you introduce it, it's not like I'm a waiter and I, and I also do the photography thing on the side, like no, no, I'm a photographer, good to meet you. Or, yeah, can I take your picture? I love, this is you know, my primary occupation. Just like saying those things, putting it out in the world, that stuff matters. Words matter. Language is sort of a, a it's something we're hardwired for. And it's like when you say something, you've already resigned yourself to feel that way enough to declare that. For sure. Enough to be like, I decided to raise my hand to 
say something out in public. Yes. The declaration. Not Bingo. Declarations that sort of, that matters. And there's this other great science experiment, which is it was in the 80s. They had three groups of people: a group that shot free throws to get better at it, a group that visualized free throws to get better at it, and a group that didn't practice. And they measured at the beginning of this test and at the end. The group that improved the most did not shoot a single free throw. It was the group that visualized practicing and never missed a free throw in their visualization. <laughs> they improved the most. Didn't touch a basketball. The group that did it the second was the group that actually shot because they missed 30% of their free throws. And the group that neither visualized nor practiced, it would make sense, was the, that was the control group. They sucked the most. So the reality is, like all this stuff matters. Intentions matter. Saying what you want to do, who you are, putting it out there in the world, I think is a very powerful thing. Now the last thing, which I think is the most important and probably the essence of your question, is how do you build community? I'm very opinionated on this, having built a couple from the ground up, a couple multi-million person communities from the ground up. It starts off with a very simple principle, is that you give and ask nothing in return. Participate. Um, if you want more likes and shares and comments on your photographs, what should you do? Instead of taking better photographs, that's one thing, great. But also, like going to other people's photos and liking and commenting and sharing, that is, there's this human concept called reciprocity. That's why um, if you go down to, you know, downtown and maybe there's a monk who walks up to you and gives you a book before he asks you for $5. It's because of the concept of reciprocity. They feel like that dramatically changes their conversion rate if they give you something first. So there's a fundamental scientific reason that we're hardwired for this stuff in our psychology. But the reality is, is that we don't, like if you just take the human psychology out of it and you just give and ask nothing in return, you're going to be rewarded and It's literally that. It's like we're hardwired for it. So it's, it's that simple. But, and then take that at a macro scale. I, I talked about the other 50%. 50% is, is creating photography and putting it out and promoting it every day. People say, wait a minute, that's like 100%. Because the promotion is taking it as half of it and promoting it's the other half. No, 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 no. Taking it and promoting is half. The other half is working on community 24-7. Because when you take a photograph and share it, there needs to be someone out there who is ready to receive it and, or who is interested because of a friend of a friend of a friend said you were cool or you should check out the work or it's super great and inspiring or they're just like me or they're totally different. I love this person. Association. Association. Relation. Totally. It, yeah. It, it's, and that, it, we are fundamentally social animals. Do you know what happens to a human baby if they are not held for the first eight days of their life? They can be fed. If they're not held, they die. I forget the condition, and I'm intentionally not remembering it because it's a horrible idea. But we are social animals. So this concept of community, we're also, and it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted, or an ambivert, right, for those social scientists out there who are trying to, <laughs> it's not a left or right. Yeah, cover all bases. So the reality is, is that 50% of your time should be, that's why I value what you're doing, and this is literally why I'm here is to connect with you on an individual level so that when you walk up here, you're like, wait a minute, not only did I meet a bunch of cool people and get to meet the instructors and sit here and have a beer and like, I get to like, there's, a, there's something about physically being together that's important. And I value it deeply, especially when we've got millions of people tuned in all over the world, like this is cool. I used to speak in front of 10,000 people. I love speaking in front of 25 because we can actually have conversations about being vulnerable and not liking this and how do I figure out who I am and what's my sort of mission in life and, and the fact that I'm taking less pills because of photography and or creative life. Like that's meaningful shit. If you're not out there cultivating that, and there's two types of cultivating community, there's in-person and there's digital. You want more likes? Go like more photos. I know who comments on every one of my Instagram posts. Maybe there's 5,000 people. I don't know all 5,000 people, but I know all people who comment on all the posts all the time. And they become, over time, my friends. They're first internet friends. And then I meet them when I'm keynoting and at the next web in Amsterdam. And they're like, Chase, I'm gotcha123. I'm like, fucking A, what's up? How cool is that? So there's digital. And whatever you want, that's what you should give. 
And then there's physical. Physically, there's meetup.com, there's Creative Live. We have meetups all over the world. We have watch parties for Creative Live. There's a thriving community of people who get together. This stuff here, it matters. Go to trade shows. If you want to traction in your career as a designer and you sit at home in your parents' basement in your underwear, it's gonna be really hard for you. And that, again, acknowledging that introverts and extroverts, like what introvert means is not means that you don't have the ability to be social. It means that that drains you you don't get your energy. You get your energy from being alone and then you go out in the world and you do this and you come back and you're like, whoo, whoo, whoo. that's fine. Because extroverts are just the opposite, right? They're like, I love this. I'm talking to a bunch of people and cool. And then everybody goes home and I'm by myself tonight at midnight going, huh. Doesn't matter. We're all hardwired and physical community and digital community is how you build community. Those, you have to do the work. Just like trying to discover who you are as a photographer, what you care about. Just like understanding how you can fit in the thing that you want to do in the world with business and art, same thing as you're here. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time, and whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn. So check that out. They're just slash Creative Live or at Creative Live all over out there on the internet. All right. Until again, uh, probably tomorrow. I hope I'll hear you. I'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and I'll look for your comments on the internets. Bye.